Today on the Ticker Tapes, we hear from Helen, who with her husband Joe had to cope with the shattering discovery that there was a problem with their baby's heart midway through her pregnancy. At the same time, to know that your your very young baby who hasn't even been born at this point is going to have surgery is, is very hard. You've got that anxiety knowing that this, this very small, very precious person is going to need something very early on. It's quite hard to, to process. From the British Heart Foundation, I'm Sarah Marsh, and on the ticker tapes, we hear from people living with heart and circulatory conditions. On this episode, Helen tells me how she and Joe came to terms with being told their son Rory had a congenital heart condition before they'd even got to meet him, how they adapted to knowing their firstborn child would need immediate medical intervention after he was born, and how cutting-edge scientific research funded by the BHF gave them the peace of mind they needed to move forwards. So Helen, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today on the Ticker Tapes. I wanted to go back to the beginning of your story. You fell pregnant with Rory in 2022 and initially everything was fine. But then at the 20 week scan, you were told that you were being referred to a cardiac consultant just to be on the safe side. Yeah. And that was the first indication that there might be something wrong. How did you feel at that stage? Can you tell us what was going through your mind and what happened next? I think um, the sonographer who had scanned us had sort of said it could just be um, the position baby was in at the time. But yeah, they were referring us. And I think at the time we sort of thought very much that you, you try and sort of think, oh, it's, it's OK, yep, yeah, it's it's fine. But I think there was that anxiety there. And then when he said, no, I just can't get the view that I would like, I, I think you, you your heart starts racing a little bit faster and, and you go into a little bit of panic and thinking, OK, but... They referred us and I think the next day I had a phone call the next afternoon from the um, from the team that he'd referred us to, um, the sort of fetal cardiac team, and they were already looking to book us an appointment. And I think that helped massively because the lady I spoke to on the phone was lovely. She checked that I knew why we'd been referred, sort of went through everything with me and went through all the options and said, OK, this is what will happen next. And she instantly made me feel a bit calmer because she she just went through all, all the possible sort of, you know, what we might need to do, who we might need to go and see. And they booked an appointment. And that was the Friday that we heard from her. And we were then seen for an, for an appointment on the Wednesday. And I think, um, yes, yeah, so it was quite a, it was quite a tense sort of few days of not really knowing. And you don't obviously really know what can be done if there is something. So I think that's sort of a very unknown time. Yeah. Like you say, when you've got information or you feel like you're doing something and being yes. proactive, the natural thing is to feel a bit better but sort of wait, waiting to hear news is, yeah. is very difficult, especially with your first baby, which this was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So initially, it was thought there could be a problem with um, Rory's aortic arch, but then at around 32 weeks, the diagnosis changed, didn't it? And that was the first time you actually met Dr. David Lloyd. Yeah. Can you tell us what happened and what you were told? Yeah, so we went for our, um, we were having more regular scans because, as you said, they they thought there was something with an aortic arch. Um, so we were having more regular scans to check baby's growth and check everything was sort of progressing as it should. And then we had our 32-week scan and they, they were getting a different view to the view they expected, even given what they knew or what they thought it could be. So they scanned us and went and spoke to one of the consultants and he came and had, had a look. Um, and then they questioned if it was a different diagnosis and said they wanted us to be seen by the St Thomas's team because they they were 
they were just unsure about what they were seeing and they wanted to make sure everything was okay and double check. And again, I think we saw that was on a Monday and by the Monday afternoon, I'd had a phone call from them to say, right, okay, we're going to get you in on the next clinic. And that was when we saw, we met Dr. David Lloyd and he, he gave us a scan and was was very good at reassuring us because they obviously mm. they're very quiet during the time when they're scanning you, because they've got to really concentrate, especially when they are focusing on such a very very small area, and they, and and I mean how they how they can tell what they're looking at is 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 amazing because everything is so small. And he said, but don't worry, we will we will come and speak to you afterwards, and we'll make sure that you go home knowing everything you need to know. So he scanned us, and then afterwards took us into one of sort of the the counselling rooms and sort of explained that actually. It wasn't an aortic arch, but he could see why that view was presented as it was. But now that that baby was a little bit bigger, they could see that actually he suspected it was a narrowing of the aorta in in baby's heart. Um, so it was a slightly different, a slightly different diagnosis to what they previously thought. It's really interesting that from the first time you met him, Doctor Lloyd was like that calming, reassuring presence because that's really important when you're going through something like this. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he when we when we he came and spoke to us, he he drew us a diagram to show us and talked it all through. And it's hard because, of course, he's working in this terminology that that you could be like, I have no idea. Um, but he he was very good at explaining that and then putting that into terms that we would understand um, and talking it through. And he had paperwork for us. He had lots of leaflets for us and lots of things to talk through. Um, and there was a, a nurse from his team as well that was there. So once we spoken to him, she then would speak to us and go through everything and questions and the practicalities of, of what we'd sort of been told. Um, but he, yeah, he was very calm. He was very much, it wasn't a sort of, because you feel very panicked and very emotional at that time. Yeah, of course. But actually his, his manner and even how he spoke to us and what he said to us was very much no, okay, we've, you know, this is something that we have seen before and could talk us through that. So you mentioned a narrowing of the aorta. So the technical term for the condition that your baby had was coarctation of the aorta, which is yep. a narrowing basically of part of the aortic artery. And despite the fact that obviously, you you know, you now had a correct diagnosis and you knew what was going on, it must have been a lot to kind of process in a very short space of time and also at a time when you're several months pregnant with your first baby and naturally you're feeling quite fragile I suppose and what what was how did you and Joe sort of cope with that it must have been very emotional few days for you yeah I think um at at the time when we were in the room we sort of had a few moments where it was just us and I think we just um sort of can't try to compartmentalise everything to start with and just try and take on. I think you, you sort of go into pilot mode of, I've just got to listen to everything they're saying to me and I've got to try and remember that because I'm going to need to know that. And, and I think it was just sort of taking on the information and and, and thinking of a few questions yeah. that sort of came up along the way. Um, because as well as sort of being told um, that, we're also told that we yeah. need to be induced. So, of course, everything started sort of shifting and all plans that you just start to make. Mm. And obviously, you never know when baby's going to come. But yeah. all the plans you just start to think about were shifting slightly and things were, were changing. But I think we we sort of took it all in there and then. And, and then when it actually sort of came to time to go, we were in there for a long time because the, the team were great and they just talked us through everything. Any questions? And she gave us time. But when we sort of came out, I think we sort of got to the car and that was then sort of decompression time. And I think that was time when I think you sort of just let it all sort of 
come out because you're in you're in that sort of safe yeah. space, aren't you? You're in the car. It's just you two, and you you haven't got to think. Okay, yeah. I've got to keep it together. But it 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 was quite. It was yeah. It was it was a lot to take in, a lot of information yeah. to, to to process. And I think it, yeah, it took, it did probably take us a few days to sort of really actually take on what we'd heard because you hear it and you go, yeah, 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 yeah to, to sort of just make sure that you, you, you get everything you can. But I think then actually the, the moment when you realise it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. I think I remember you when we've spoken before, the phrase you used, which I thought was a really good way of describing it, was that you felt like the rug had been pulled out from under both your feet because what you want when you're pregnant is some kind of certainty and that's what you had lost. Did you did it bring you closer together in terms of you and Joe, how you both dealt with this news? How did you sort of cope with it? I think between us, we we both found it helpful to sort of talk about what the plan would be and, and what we needed to do because that's the one thing you can control, isn't it? You can try and make yourself feel as prepared as possible. Yeah. So I think for me, I found it... Um, easy to sort of talk through okay well we're going to need to sort this out I'm going to need to think about this and because that was something that I felt that I could try and do um and and Joe was very good at sort of listening to that and he he was just very good at listening so a lot of times where I just sort of needed to talk about it but it's really good that you were able to come together and sort of you were the talker and he was the listener but you balanced each other out at that time yeah that was really yeah that's really important so you discovered that Dr Lloyd specializes in prenatal MRI scans and research and in the January so after the Christmas holiday in this year you went to London to St Thomas's Hospital to have a fetal MRI scan that he was going to carry out and from this he was able to create a really detailed 3D image of your baby's heart what was it like seeing that i imagine that was really one of those moments where you kind of just stop and draw breath because just the technology involved and also just the detail of what you were seeing was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, um, to, to the, the fact that when he said about doing an MRI um, before baby was born, I mean, that's uh, to get your head around that because that's that's have me having an MRI, but actually them not even sort of looking at me, going through me to baby, but then to baby's heart, which at the time, although obviously it was later in the pregnancy, was still very, very small, was was so I think even that was um was quite mind-blowing just to think that they could do that and and the speed at which yeah because we I think we went up on the Friday and we were back on the Monday and they'd got this image of of baby's heart and it was it was incredible because on the the laptop he could turn he could turn the image round so it's like a 3D vision yeah of, of baby's heart and he could show then exactly where he'd been talking about and and sort of less than a month ago only a couple of weeks ago that diagram he'd drawn us on that piece of paper when he first sort of diagnosed what he thought it was he he then could actually say well look here is what we suspected and he could show us and that was actually that was actually baby's heart rather than just what he was sort of suggesting it looked like and and that was incredible and and to then show us and show this of the area that was that needed some attention was yeah it was it was amazing um, and it, it, I think it did make it more real because you could see it and you knew that that was your baby and, and that was, okay, that was what we're looking at. In one way, it's really amazing because, you know, Dr. Loeber was able to tell you, as you say, show you the area, show you the problem. This is how we're going to fix it. This is the care plan we're going to put in place. So you knew that your baby was going to be really well taken care of right from the yeah. moment he sort of came into this world. But then all... Also, as you sort of touched on earlier, it had impact on your birth experience because you were going to have to be induced. You were going to have to um, give birth at St. Thomas's rather than your local hospital. And also you were told that Rory would need surgery, heart surgery, 
when he was just a few days old to correct the problem and also that he'd be taken from you you know, almost immediately after birth to give him the medical intervention that he needed. So how did you sort of cope with all that, Helen? Because it's a lot. Yeah, it was it was um, it was quite a lot, uh, as you said, to the, to process, because I think to start of all, obviously, we knew there was something um, that Rory was going to need support as soon as he was born. But mm-hmm. then, yeah, to think about that, that that was going to suddenly all happen away from home um, and away from sort of family and that sort of unit that you've got, that support unit that you have around you was was a lot to a lot to deal with but I think very much for us it was that that realization that we were going to be away from home yeah um and the people that make the home as well and I think that was that was a lot for us to try and work out in our heads and and be as prepared for as we could and how did it feel to be told that he would need heart surgery when he was literally a few days old it's hard because I think in some ways to know there was something that they could do was okay you know that that helps because you know they can do something so in one way you've kind of got that that very odd almost I want to say relief but it's hard because it's it's surgery so you know that there's a lot that is that's carried with that Mm. and at the same time to know that your your very young baby who hasn't even been born at this point is going to have surgery is is very hard and I think it's that you've got that anxiety knowing Mm. that that this this very small very precious person is going to need something very early on I think it's it's quite hard to to process and I think we we felt that with a few different points that it's kind of this relief of knowing and knowing that there's something there and knowing that they there's a plan in place but at the same time that 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 anxiety and that that certain amount of uncertainty and Mm. yeah just worry that's a lot a lot to deal with so Rory was born early on the 2nd of February what were those first moments like with him? I, I, I don't think you can um, really put words into words into that, um, the, the right words. I mean, we didn't know with Rory he was going to be a boy or a girl yeah. um, the whole pregnancy. And, and with all the different scans that we had along the way, um, I think quite a few people couldn't believe that we hadn't accidentally been told or accidentally seen something. So I think it was it was there was that there was that moment to start with where we didn't know if we'd got a, boy, a baby boy or a baby girl. So that was an exciting moment as well and I think then suddenly he was here and and getting that first moment of that cuddle that first cuddle was was incredible and and I don't think you can ever really completely put words to describe that moment and I think knowing that that yeah those nine months of waiting and suddenly here he was it it was amazing and I think yeah I, I, I can't I can't find the right words um but it it was it was yeah it was it was wonderful that he was here and I think um where where we'd had monitors on um that were, were checking my my pulse and his pulse his heartbeat mm. during the birth I think then I was list, I think I listened to them so much because they would they yeah. come and check regularly before he was born mm. and so I think then to suddenly have him here and it, it was just it was a relief in a certain way because here he was and I think you just worry don't you anyway um it was such a relief and, and it, yeah it's wonderful yeah and also He'd been through so much before he'd even got here. Yeah. He'd been on a real journey before yeah. he'd even arrived. It's incredible. Yeah. I think seeing all the different scans and seeing all these different things that he'd been through, he'd been sort of poked and prodded with different... Yeah. And he'd kicked back at them as he'd got bigger before he was born. But, yeah, I think to have had all of that and to have seen him so much in some ways and, and mm. yeah, and to know all of that and to sort of build that that bond with him, knowing that he's going through all of this, yeah... Yeah, he'd he'd gone through a lot already. 
Yeah. Did you feel like you sort of already knew him? You knew his personality? In, so, in some ways, and I think because, yeah, it's, it's with some of the scans, um, especially sort of later on in the pregnancy, they'd they'd go to sort of scan him. I mean, he'd he'd never be in the perfect position. They'd often sort of say, oh, he's not quite in the right view. So yeah. that, that sort of became our running thread. And, and then um, they'd, yeah, they'd scan and I'd feel him kicking where they were scanning and they'd feel it. And I think he, it's, you, kind of, you kind of feel that, all right, that's him. He's not happy with that. He's done with that now. <laughs> Um, so, and, and that was, that was, yeah, you, you kind of feel that you have that, you get to know that that's sort of, okay, he, he doesn't want that now. Um, and you sort of build that relationship already. Yeah. Which is lovely. And you called him, he's Rory Thomas Tramble, he is, which is, he after, is after St. Thomas's hospital, partly yes. after St. Thomas's hospital, which is just lovely, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Why was that, that you decided to choose that name? I think we spent ages trying to decide on his name until we met him we actually we hadn't got the name and for his middle name we I think we wanted something that sort of encapsulated what he'd been through the the journey yeah. that he'd been on and all the, the the bravery that he'd had and everything and and we tried so we tried to find names that had that meaning and none of them worked none of them worked and I think we'd sort of been talking about names and Thomas had been there and we said oh you know that would work and then a couple of other sort of family members mentioned it and in the end it was that you know what actually that encapsulates everything that he's been through and all that mm. that's gone on and and it's a place that you know has done so much for him in such a short amount of time um, yeah. but it just kind of felt that 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 had that meaning there for for him and for us too yeah which is lovely so he had his corrective surgery at just five days old and yeah. you and Joe took him down to the operating theatre. And I remember Joe describing it to me as like one of the longest walks of his life, which I think, you know, we can all imagine it was really difficult. What was it like for you both leaving him in the operating theatre that day? Yeah, it it was an incredibly long walk. And uh, yeah, you just feel like you're going through endless corridors. So you sort of think, I don't really, I'm I'm not going to know where he is because he's just down so many corridors. You know, you're never, you're not coming back there because he's, when you, when you see him, he won't be there, but you just sort of feel that you're going through this maze. In some ways, because you were still walking and he was still there with you, it was like, okay, I can keep walking. I can just keep going and going and going because we're all together. Um, But I think when, when it finally time to say sort of see you later, um, you just sort of kept trying to find different ways to say it and different different mm. parts to, to to kiss or to hug because yeah. you just um you just sort of wanted to stay there um but at the same time you you were very conscious that this needed to happen and actually this this was what he needed to to make him better um but it was it was really difficult I think um you, you're very emotional but you sort of feel that you're holding it together for him um even though he had no idea what was going on um, you're sort of you, you keep going like no okay yeah we've got this and and then walking away was 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 really difficult and I think we we sort of thought we've got to try and keep ourselves busy but at the same time knowing that you can't really do very much because mm. you, you've got no sort of capacity really to do anything very much mm. because mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. thinking about Rory the whole time um, but yeah it was it was a lot it was a long walk and it was a very long period of time it felt like sort of days all rolled into sort of a few hours. So finally, you get the phone call to say the operation has gone well. Um, can you tell us about when you saw Rory for that the first time in recovery? What was what was that like for you both? 
so when we walked in that room, when we were let in and we sort of, we had to ask, because obviously we'd never been in that bit before. Mm. When we asked and said, oh, we're, we're here for, to see Rory. And then we were shown him, I think your eyes, your, your eyes are darting around the room trying to find him. And then mm. all of a sudden you see him over there. I mean, there were, there were a lot, obviously lots of wires. He was, he was very well sort of wrapped up. But just to see him and to, it, I think it was this overwhelming sense of relief because there was Rory and yes, he had wires, he had lots of things on yeah. him, but that was Rory and you could see that was Rory and he was just peacefully asleep. And I think that that was that was just, that was wonderful. I remember saying to Joe that that I just missed hearing him cry. And I know yeah. obviously that it's, it's just that sort of, just you want to hear that sound because at that that sound as well as obviously is a baby crying it's it's just it's just a relief to hear him so I think just but but just getting to see him and just hold his hand and just give him a kiss was yeah it, it, it yeah it felt that 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 waiting time was mm. completely worth it just to be able to to see him again and even to hear the monitors and to hear him yeah hear, yeah just something you'll never forget yeah yeah it, it was it was a really bizarre moment so I think we'd done a, a very quick walk to get there mm. um and I think suddenly then being there it, yeah it, it, it was yeah quite a moment really to see him the BHF's life-saving research is giving hope to so many people if you would like to support our work please consider a donation by going to bhf.org.uk forward slash donate pod He obviously recovered in the hospital for a few days, but it wasn't that long, was it, before you were able to take him home? How, how long after the operation were you able to take him home? It was just after a week. I think it was a week to the day, pretty much, that we could take him home. Mm. Um, they were they were really keen that as soon as he was sort of ready, that they would start sort of removing different parts of the um, the, the wires and everything that he'd come on post post operation, um, and then obviously he got moved onto a ward and. They, you know, they they really want to promote that that recovery with him, and he he was he was you know determined that he was going to get bits taken off. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really quick turnaround. We didn't anticipate that it would be sort of nearly that quick from surgery to going home. Um, yeah. But yeah, he 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 was determined. He was <laughs> he 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 went for it, and um, it was it yeah, it's wonderful to to be able to, to to have it that quick and him be ready to come home that quickly. So how? How was that sort of stepping through your own front door after that incredible journey you've been on as a family? Was it sort of a relief, but also quite tricky because you got used to having the nurses and doctors around? Was it was it a hard transition or easy? What was that like coming home? I think we were um, excited to be able to get home because um, of having been away. It's, it's, you, you, you want to get back to your comfort, your home comforts, don't you? Where you've got everything just within easy reach. But very much, I think we... We were um, anxious. I think you're going to be you're anxious anyway, aren't you? When you're your new parent, mm. bringing your, your baby home for the first time, it's suddenly just the two of you or the three of you, sorry. Mm. Um, and I think we were quite anxious because all of a sudden, all these machines have been monitoring and all these obs that were being done of Rory very regularly. They weren't. They weren't there. The, the machines and, and bizarre, bizarre enough as it sounds, we'd got so used to hearing just those monitors in the background mm. and suddenly having nothing. We we felt a bit a bit anxious about that because. You sort of think, is he still okay? Is, do you know we need to be doing anything? Yeah. Do we need to be checking anything? So that the excitement of getting home was all of a sudden okay. That that just sort of let's you know let's just sort of one step at a time and just sort of settle and find a routine. Rory's now seven months old and um, doing really really well. Such a character because I've been lucky enough to meet him. He's gorgeous. 
And there he is. It's almost like he, he knows I'm talking about him. <laughs> yeah. um, so how is how has life been for you since then, Helen? You've been told it's possible he may need further surgery. Is that right? Yeah, he's having um, checkups with the team up at St Thomas's. And early on, they said that um, it might be that obviously they want to monitor him. And as he grows, to make sure that the, the operation he had is not going to need more work. Because obviously mm. as he grows, they want to make sure that that's going to grow with him and, and support him. I wondered what you'd like to say about the work of Dr. David Lloyd, because he was has been right there from the start of Rory's journey. And I wondered what that has meant to you and Joe. I think right back when he did, he did the first scan for us and we were in that time of just not knowing and being quite uncertain and, and worried, I think his... Mm just sort of knowledge base and all the research that he's done and everything that he could tell us and explain to us made such a difference to us knowing as much mm. as obviously it was it, it's been a, a very sort of up and down journey with with sort of that worry and that anxiety I think him knowing and being able to tell us all of that was a, a sort of sense of relief and the MRI that was able to happen so that he could actually make sure that that was what was going on before Roy was even born and all the technology there and the fact that he could show us and they could use that to inform what they need to know was was incredible and I think we we couldn't be more grateful for all of that because Rory's growing he's he's happy and and all of that could have been so different to start with if if, if we hadn't got that scan and the MRI and everything in place. I know you said to me in the past that you feel that BHF research means that you have Rory. And I wondered if there was anything you'd like to say to supporters of the charity or maybe what the charity means to you. I think all the fundraising, all the the work and that gets funded into that, that that gets that funding for that research has done Mm. so much for us and it's it's made such a difference. And I know before Roy was born, we were given lots of sort of information leaflets and a lot of those were BHF leaflets and links to videos and things with different people's stories and us being able to watch them or listen to them or read them. Yeah. You don't feel that sort of loneliness in the same sort of way and, and you know that, you know, all this research has been put to such amazing use and and made such a difference. And I think it just makes you really appreciate the work that so many people do because, it, it yeah, it, it's made such a difference to us and, and not only us, but it, it means that not only have we got Rory here, but there's stuff out there for people that are sort of at different points in that journey to see that, you know, the, there's options out there, there's people out there that can help. Yeah, and I think that that kind of message of you're not alone is so important, isn't it? That feeling of community yes. at a time when you do feel or you can feel, as you say, isolated is really, really important. Yeah, we watched a few different videos or read different stories just to try and get that sense of where what, what the journey could look like. Um, and, and that made a real difference for us just to know it was out there. And just looking back on the past life-changing year for your family, because it has been truly life-changing, how do you reflect on everything that's happened? Oh, um, it feels like a lot longer than a year. It feels like so much has happened in, in such sort of a relatively short amount of time. It's obviously the world's completely changed. We've got Rory and that is, he is just, he's just an absolute joy. I mean, you t- any, anybody would say that about their children, but he is, he, he just makes every day, he starts it with a smile. <laughs> you wake up, he starts it with a smile and 
it's just it's just amazing that he is here and I, and I think we we do look back and often you remember little things sometimes that have, that have happened or do you, and sometimes I'll sort of say oh do you remember this or do you remember when this yeah. happened and, and you just reflect on it and and some of it obviously mem- different memories bring back different emotions and I think it mm. can make you feel quite quite emotional thinking about different parts that have happened um but I think Rory Rory being here is just he's just amazing we love him we love him so much and I think we feel so grateful that he's here and he's happy he's healthy and that everything that we've been through you sort of in some ways forget all of the different emotions that that felt at some points because you think he's here and that overwhelms everything else but sometimes you just have those little moments and it's like little flashbacks sometimes it will just little things will Mm -hmm. just trigger you to remember certain things and then you turn around and you look at Rory and you think, yeah, that that was everything was leading to to us having him here. Yeah. And yeah, and that's that's incredible. And he's here and he's happy and he's healthy. And I've been lucky enough to meet him and have cuddles. And he is just a joy. He charms <laughs> everybody who meets him. He's just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gorgeous little boy. Thank um, you. And just, just finally, Helen, I wondered, you said that other people's stories had given you some hope and some help at a time that was difficult. And what would you like to come from sharing your story and Joe's story and Rory's story even when we were on the um on the on the ward with Rory after he had his surgery there were so many different people there ready to sort of approach you and help you that actually I think we just wanted to try and help somebody to think okay there are other people out there that have been through this or going through different stages of this and I think we Mm. just want to they made a difference to us because we could listen and we knew that we weren't on our own and I think just to help other people think that they're not not on their own at a time when actually you, you feel quite vulnerable and there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of a lot of excitement, a lot of different emotions, just to know that there are things out people out there that can help and, and, and you can talk to and listen to. Mm-hmm. And that's a really lovely note to end on, I think, the fact that hopefully your story will, well, I know it will because it already has, bring hope to others. And also, you know, ensure that we keep talking about congenital heart disease because it's so important yeah and thank you so much for and to rory too for appearing (laughs) on the ticker tapes today thank you so much thank you 13 babies are born each day in the uk with congenital heart disease but the bhf is currently funding research into this complex and an emotionally challenging area of heart health the work of dr david lloyd and his team is making a very real difference to people and families living with congenital heart disease. Dr Lloyd is able to harness incredible technology to scan the hearts of babies inside the womb, like Rory, to better understand the factors that contribute to the development of congenital heart disease. These amazingly detailed heart scans will help improve our understanding of fetal heart development, but the BHF can only continue to fund such important work with your support. If you've got any questions or concerns about your heart or circulatory health and would find it helpful to speak with a cardiac nurse on the BHF's Heart Helpline, go to our website at bhf.org.uk slash hearthelpline where you'll find all the contact options. You'll also find useful information in the episode notes and on our website bhf.org.uk. And if you've got your own heart story or have any thoughts about this episode, please get in touch by emailing us at theticketapes at bhf.org.uk. See you next time on The Ticker Tapes.